Welcome, cadets and captains, to another episode of M Class Podcast. Oh man, we're back. We're back from two weeks ago, where last week, if you listen to the lesser program we do, <laughs> the shitty one, nah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's all good. It's good. Trust me, trust me. This is better, but it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And uh, every two weeks, we sit down with another piece of Star Trek media. We pick it apart. We look at its gross innards, and we tell you whether it's uh, it's a good episode or not. We have a new scale that we've been premiering. Yeah, it's the uh, Josh Henderson made scale, but it, it's called the Cochrane to Catfish Warp Scale. <laughs> and in the middle is the uh, the Trip Tucker. Is that what we call it? Oh, what we're God. calling it? It's the Malcolm Reed. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Ugh. Um, it's the warp scale. Warp 1 is shitty because it's the lowest one, and warp 10 turns you into a catfish, so of course it's the best one. And you get to fuck the captain. Which everybody wants to do on every show. Don't pretend. Yeah, I want to see that slimy catfish action. <laughs> Why didn't they show it on the show? Show me... <laughs> All the parts going inside of the other parts. You know, I think we're the only show that calls them catfish. Everyone else calls them lizards. No, they're fucking catfish. They don't have back legs. They're just big fucking catfish monsters. They have whiskers like catfish whiskers. Whatever. People are dumb. Everyone but us is stupid. Agreed. (laughs) Super hard agree. Uh, you may have noticed that we're done with uh, the last uh, collection, whatever it may have been called. I really don't remember. And we're what starting. What was it? Skeleton Crew. It's Skeleton Crew. It was Yakub's Skeleton Crew collection. That's Good right. memory. <laughs> uh, and we're starting into a brand new collection called Bam's Cards and Casinos Collection. Oh, shit. Bring, <laughs> ching, 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 ching. Getting that money. <laughs> These are all episodes of Star Trek that involve cards, casinos, and a lot of Italian stereotypes. Just a oh lot. Oh my god. Oh my god. This episode alone is like, it set back Italian-Americans like 50 years. <laughs> uh, l- literally, at the time. I, think. <laughs> I mean, it came out like 50 years ago. So. <laughs> 55 years ago. Uh, so, this episode is the first episode of the Cards and Casinos collection. Thank you to Bam for suggesting and to our patrons at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast for voting. You uh, can vote, too, if you send your money. Send money. Give me a dollar. I need to buy Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to ask eight or nine more people for that. <laughs> Nah, you get the the chai. It's only like five. Well, it used to be like five bucks. I don't know now. It's been a year since I've been to Starbucks. I haven't been to Starbucks in over two years. Uh, So the first episode of this new collection is called A Piece of the Action. It's TOS Season 2, Episode 20. It was was 17 on Netflix. Yes, it it is 17 on Netflix. That's the thing I really have to thank Bam for. He he like fully covered my ass on this one. He cover, yeah, he, he did not use you. any of the official numbers from the Wikipedia. I he don't used understand them all from Netflix. I don't understand why those are the official numbers when that's not how you can watch them anymore. Like, why does that... I don't know. Why did they the, put them out of order on Netflix anyway? I have fucking no clue. Yeah, why did they do it by air date? I don't I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, 
this episode is this episode of M Class Podcast. Before we jump into anything else, is brought to you by Hat Hole Home Video. Check him out on YouTube. It's a fucking amazing show. Oh man, it's so fun. I was watching him the other Saturday, and I was like, "This rules!" It's such a great fucking channel. It's so like laid back and chill and funny. It's relaxing, and it reminds me of being like a kid and. Uh, our local, where I live, our local video store was called uh, the Video Connection, and it's it's like an homage to like anyone who had one of those in their town. Oh yeah, like the place <laughs> that we always went was called D and J Movie Rentals. I love I love that. Like I remember going in the Video Connection and just like you, you just like looked at the the walls and it was just all these weird movies. Like like what is all this yeah. shit? And you wanted to know like movie. Yeah. Movies used to do this thing, and they don't do it anymore because the internet tells you what a movie is about. Yeah. But they used to do this thing where they would straight up lie to you on the cover. Oh, yeah. There would be all this great, cool shit on the cover of this box. Yeah. And then you watch it, and it would be people standing in a room talking on a telephone for two hours. It would be nothing. It would be, like, literally nothing. But you rented it because you didn't know. And yeah. it was fun. It was it, a lot of fun. It was a bit of an adventure. Like, it was... It's an adventure in the same way that Russian roulette is an adventure. <laughs> you could win a lot of money, but also you could yeah. you, you've got a, a law of averages working against you. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of old Russian roulette players. No, very true. Not a lot of well-satisfied video store renters. <laughs> Uh, but like DNJ movie rental was great because uh, my dad was a handyman and he had done work for the guy who owned DNJ movie. Ah, uh, cool. So did you get like trade? So you get like I would get like a uh, like a little bit of a discount when I rented games. Like if I rented more yeah. than one game, I would get a discount on the second one. Did you Nepotism. ever? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever rent systems? Did you remember that being a thing? I I remembered it being a thing that you could do, but it cost like more than running a game, so we couldn't well, you, afford it. You had to put a deposit down. Yeah. Like a hundred dollars. I always so, wanted like more than anything, I wanted to rent a Sega Saturn. Cause yeah. uh they had this game, this mystical game that looked so amazing. It was Sonic the Hedgehog, but it was in three D. Oh, and I it was hear that game's really game. good. It's called Sonic R, and it looked so amazing on the box. And as yeah. it turns out, that game sucks a dick. But oh jeez, every system. Patreon who likes Sonic is now enraged. Um, Sonic is extremely hit or miss. Everybody, you all know that. It's more miss than hit. It I'd is. Say. It is. Sonic had his heyday, and then he had his nay day, where everyone <laughs> said nay, and uh, he. The thing about Sonic is I feel extremely bad for the little guy. I don't feel bad for him. Here's He's the thing. fast as shit. Just run away from your problems, baby. <laughs> it reminds me of the little kid in the Sonic outfit in the documentary. He's like, I can run. The thing about running faster than light is that you're always in darkness. <laughs> I never watched that, but I, now I definitely want to. But uh, the the thing I feel bad about Sonic for is like the dude had his heyday right where he was fucking competing with Mario, yeah, and then he had all these shitty games and everyone made fun of him and he became the butt of a joke, mm -hmm. and then Sonic Mania came out and everyone was like, holy shit, Sonic's good again, yeah, and Sonic's then the movie like came out. top of the fucking world again, like the Sonic movie, Sonic Mania, 
that same year, Sonic Forces came out and is purportedly the worst Sonic game in history. <laughs> That's the law of Sonic, is you have to come out with a good game or two good games, and then you literally have to make the worst game ever made Like after that. <laughs> it's just the way it works. It's the law of Sonic averages. Yeah, it's the law of Sonic. It's just keep balancing the universe, really. If if they make like more than like three good Sonic games in a row, planes start falling out of the sky. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, they learned that lesson when Sonic Three came out, and they were like, "Holy fuck, the planes are falling. We got to do something." And then they made yeah. the Sega Saturn. They quickly rectified <laughs> that. Quickly. Uh, anybody who's writing me an angry Sonic fan letter, as I know you are right now, uh, one no, and two. I, I know that Sonic and Knuckles is technically a different game than Sonic 3, and it's also good. But they connect together uh, to make the ultimate game, so it doesn't matter. I didn't know that. I'm a Sonic layman. <laughs> did you never... Um, did you not know about Sonic and Knuckles? I know about it, yeah. yeah. I know. But it's not 3? That's What's 3? Sonic 3 is Sonic 3. It, like, came out... The The thing is, like, Sonic and Knuckles is, like, the first expansion pack ever made, basically. Oh, is... Was, but Knuckles was in 3, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, like, a bad guy. You can't play as him in 3. That's right. A unless oh, Sonic and Knuckles has a flap on top of the cartridge. And you open you it up, and it you in. attach Sonic 3 to that, and you can place Knuckles in Sonic 3. That's right. I did forget about that. I only had 1 and 2. The thing um, is, if you put 2... In there, you could play Knuckles in Sonic 2. What the fuck? That was the hypest shit ever back in the day. That this was yeah, this you're right. It's like the first like DLC. Like yeah, it was the hypest like shit ever. Except like Sonic and Knuckles, you didn't have to have Sonic 3 to play it. You could just play it by itself. Yeah, but it's better with three. It is. It makes the longest Sonic game ever because it just goes from the end of Sonic three to the beginning of Sonic and Knuckles as if it's just a new level. It's like Final Fantasy. It's the Final Fantasy of Sonic. Why anyway. isn't he in? Is Sonic in that that game that everyone hates? What is it called with the Mickey Mouse and all the things? Disney Infinity? No. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it because I'm. I know the name of it, but I want you to find it on your own. Uh, the Keyblade game. What's, it's called what's, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Is he in that? No, he's not in that. Uh, I, th he I think will it, be. that's a fucking. That's a mistake. We're just going to piss everybody <laughs> off right now. Make fun of Kingdom Hearts. Make fun of Sonic. Jesus, we're losing money like crazy. Every every year, I sit down with the Kingdom Hearts wiki, and I try to figure out the storyline of that There's game. There's no point. It's fun. It, I feel like an archaeologist trying to piece together the mythology of a long-lost civilization that we just piecing, don't understand. Piecing together the mythology of Elder Scrolls is easier than piecing yeah. together the mythology of Kingdom Hearts. Absolutely. The mythology of Kingdom Hearts is Disney wants money. That's the mythology. The, the mythology of Kingdom Hearts is Disney wants money and Japanese game developers would really much rather be making a regular JRPG. <laughs> Oh my god. What a what a crazy world that we live in that that game is a thing. Yeah. Man. It's like imagine telling like little kid Josh. Like you you travel yeah. back in time and you're like little kid Josh. And he's like don't, he's like don't call me that. And you're like no little kid Josh. <laughs> yeah. I get mad at myself. Uh 
there's a game kid. there's a game in the future where it's it's a Final Fantasy game, but Winnie the Pooh is in it. Yeah, Winnie <laughs> the Pooh is in it, and like uh, I don't know, like who, like Cloud, Cloud, <laughs> like, Sephiroth is in it. Yeah, Sephiroth like, and Hercules from Disney's Hercules fight in it. Yeah, th- there's like everything. It's just IP the game. Yeah, like and um, put it in. Then you got to tell him. Oh, also, there's a game where Mario and Sonic could fight each other, and also Mega Man and Simon Belmont are in it. If I'm little, little Josh, I'm like, who the fuck is Sonic? You don't know Sonic? Because I- <laughs> like I I was I that was before Sonic. Oh my god, they're- you're so old. I know. <laughs> I'm an old ass man. I was born before Sonic. Yeah, I was born before Mario. I uh, Mario is eighty seven, right? Eighty five. Eighty five. All right, Mario's older than me. Yeah, I was born two years prior to the Mario. That's fucked up. You're not a true paisano. That's right. I'm not a true paisano. <laughs> hey, speaking of paisano, you're adopted into being a paisano. Uh, okay, we gotta so, get all of our Italian stereotypes out of the way. Sorry, everybody. Um, we got off topic again. I, I saw somebody like commenting that it's hilarious that sometimes we just don't even get to the episode we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Usually, that's a sign that it's not a very good one. It's true. Um, this episode was was um, written by David P. Harmon. Who, Dan um, Harmon's dad. He only wrote two episodes of TOS, The Deadly Years, which I don't remember, and this one. And yeah. he wrote one episode of the animated series called The Eye of the Beholder, which I also don't remember. Is that the Quetzalcoatl one? No. Uh, that one's called Quetzalcoatls in this episode. Um <laughs> On the nose. He was he wrote and produced for nearly fifty years, and he wrote episodes of Gilligan's Island, The Brady Bunch, uh, and he wrote almost all of the wonderful world of Disney productions. Uh, I remember those. Um, you had to have like Disney Channel though. For yeah, that which shit. I definitely did not fucking have. My grandparents had all the channels in the eighties, and it was like Holy Christmas shit. watching television over there. What I I really wanted the Disney Channel in the nineties because um, they gave you a one hundred and one Dalmatians plush when you signed up, yeah. and I wanted that so bad. Yeah, and I finally talked. I got it for Christmas one year. It was one. Of my, it was like my big Christmas present was getting Disney Channel for one year. That rules. And I got the the plush Dalmatian that I had forever, and I got to watch Xenon Girl of the Future. So it was a win-win all around. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What's that anime with the little girl and uh, Uluru? It used to be called Ayers Rock. But she... What, the Wuzzles? Is that what it is? With the little koala bears? Oh, yeah. I think it's the I think, Wuzzles. I think you're right. I don't remember that. But I remember that being on Disney Channel. You know what's fucked up is all I was thinking of when you were like, it's little bears and the like, and I was thinking in my brain, my my brain was like the Robear burbles <laughs> from fucking uh, uh, Thundercats. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Wuzzles. I was wrong. Well, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's called. Uh, Fuck. It's called Noozles. I oh, was well, that's so fucking close. So it's called the Noozles. I think that's partial credit. I think that's partial yeah. credit. <laughs> I knew it wasn't the Wuzzle. That's a different thing. It's the Wiggles. 
so this episode was directed by Jimmy Comac. <laughs> I think Jimmy Comac is like one of the gangsters in there. Hey, Jimmy Comac. <laughs> uh, this is the only episode of Star Trek he ever directed. Uh, That's because none of the other episodes have Italians in it. Italians. Except for that one where there's that guy and he's like on the away team and he's super Italian. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He was the producer of a bunch of TV series in the 70s, but the only one that I recognize as something that really existed in this uh, Berenstein Bears universe Mm -hmm. is Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back. See, that's a, that's, there's a super stereotype Italian in that show, too. It's true. This dude, he was a one-trick pony for sure. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Uh, a few of the others, in case anyone else is a million years old, are the courtship of Eddie's father. I remember that. Doctor, I, don't, I never watched it. Dr. Kildare. Yeah, okay, these are familiar, but... And he did direct episodes of stuff that I've heard of. My Favorite Martian, The Green Hornet, Tarzan, and Get Smart. This is a complete tangent, but that's my favorite part of... Uh... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when Brad Pitt fights Bruce Lee. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, it's fucking rad. Oh, yeah? Like, here's the thing. Like, I saw the other day, since we're fucking fully tangenting this episode, I guess. Yeah, fuck it. I saw the other day, uh, somebody had posted a thing on Twitter that was like, what is the worst Tarantino movie? Like, the uh, It might absolute... be that one. Huh? It might be that one. Yeah, honestly. a lot of people were saying that one, and I, I've never seen it, so I didn't know why. Most people it's not were bad. choosing the Hateful Eight. No, I think Hateful Eight's better. Uh, hate, Hateful Eight. I agreed with a lot of their criticism that like Hateful Eight starts really strong, and then it just sort of devolves. It drags and it's drags long. as it goes along. Yeah, it's long. Also, there's just a uh, just a dude on dude rape scene part way through oh yeah my mom didn't like that my mom i think i said this on many of the podcasts or i didn't mind i didn't care for all the dick sucking i agree i agree (laughs) i i told her i was like that's like not the tarantino film to go into like that's like that's your first one that's not the one you watch first like and uh it is it is a movie where a bunch of dudes punch the shit of a lady for like fucking two hours oh yeah and it's like really funny right like quote unquote funny like uh i mean the first time it happens it's shocking and like shocking things will make you laugh but right afterwards you're just like man tarantino really thinks it's funny to hit a lady does yeah he's he's really beating this lady up i mean she is a piece of shit she, movie, everyone is everyone yeah, is a piece of shit. everybody is yeah um so that was a tangent hopefully you enjoyed that let's get the back to the episode brought to you by star trek now i just thought it was fun uh Komag talks about the fact that like he worked on all these shows as a director and uh the only time anyone ever heard his name and like freaked out about it is they were always freaking out about star trek but he did yeah. a piece of a piece of the action. Yeah, you say you directed Star Trek. People are like, "What Star Trek?" So it's like mystifying. It's like legendary. One day I'm gonna direct Star Trek. You you would be great at I'm it. I'm not a director, and I don't know how you do it. I don't know what a director does, but I'm gonna do it one day. Well, have you seen the new any of the new Star Trek? Not really many people know what Star Trek. Is. That's true. That's true. What are we doing? I think I don't know lasers. I think I could write Star Trek. I don't think I could direct Star Trek. Nah, directing's easy. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
Fuck you, Scorsese. <laughs> Dude, especially if you're Scorsese. Uh, I just... Uh, there are these things that you could sign up for where, like, a famous person teaches you how to do something. I forget oh, the yeah? name of them, but, like, uh, uh, one of them is Martin Scorsese teaches you how to be a director. Uh-huh. And all I'm thinking is, like, it's a two-minute-long course where he's like, I don't know, get a bunch of Italians together? Yeah, do a mob <laughs> thing, just like in Star Trek. A piece of the action. That's where I got all my tips and tricks from, was Star all Trek, my, a piece of the action. All my sweet gangster lingo comes from this episode of Star Trek. So let's get into it. This episode sucks. This episode's not... Uh, it's fun, but it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> it's fun in the sense that... I guess it's like if you like gangster shit. I never like gangster stuff. Not like that. Not like not to the know. level that the fucking people who made this do anyway. I don't have a Scarface poster in my house, no, right? I, don't I feel either. like that's a big part of like what you need to like this episode. I think there's a a definite split down the middle whether you have a Scarface poster in your office or whether you have like a Lord of the Rings poster in there. I have a Blade Runner poster. That's dope. I still need and a Buffy the Vampire Slayer poster. <laughs> I still need like three or four more posters for my office. Especially like there's just yeah. a big blank wall directly in front of me where I'm sitting at my desk. It's a catch twenty two over here. I need to repaint this room, and the more posters I get, the less I'm going to repaint the yeah. room. Okay, right. fuck, we gotta talk about the show. God damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're all over the place in here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, boss. You're added a group. You're added a family. Ah, uh, don't heat me to death or whatever. I'm gonna put you on ice permanently. Concrete shoes. <laughs> gonna make you sleep with the fishes. Do this episode. So the Enterprises, uh, it's it's made its way to Sigma Iota Two. A planet yeah, in they, the middle they of fucking it, nowhere. They pronounce it Iosha, which drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, it's Sigma Iosha. You're right, it is Iosha. But it's Iota. It, it, it's written Iota. I watch, I watch with subtitles. It's Iota. I do too. So. Why the fuck are they saying Iota? Do these idiots not know how to read? Well, they're aliens. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that an alien society... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So... <laughs> Spoilers. The planet is extremely, like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Only one uh, Federation ship has ever been there, and it was the Horizon a hundred years before. Yeah, so already it's like, okay, this is, like, prior to, like, Star Trek lore being, like, locked down, right? Like. Like, they they shit on the Prime Directive. They wipe their dirty, dirty buttholes with the Prime Directive in this episode. I, I guess it would make sense, like, in Enterprise time if a ship did this, but it doesn't make sense physically, like, where the planet is. Yeah, right? like, absolutely. Why would it? Also, like, the speed of light travel in this show is not really make sense no, yet. They haven't locked down much of anything. This is all, yeah. like, building blocks for the lore of the series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is important to some people, uh, not Super not nice. whoever's in charge anymore, but some people. It used to be important, and then it, it wasn't. The <laughs> the Horizon established a non-interference directive with Iosha, and the idea is that uh, they have polluted 
the development of this planet in one way or another, and they want to make sure no one else makes it worse. Right, but it, like, like they say, like Captain Kirk, he's like, it's already done. Like we're, it's yeah. already fucked. Like, what are we gonna do? Fuck it more, right? Like, they they had to use like uh, radio waves. The horizon gets it gets fucked. It gets lost in some way or another. They don't really get into it. Yeah, they don't explain it, which is like that's the story, right? Yeah, that that's should be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but um, they they're in contact with people in Iosha who they're trying to figure out how corrupted the development of this society has become and whether it can be reversed. It's been a hundred years since the horizon tainted the development. Which is like extremely not a long time. Like four generations. Yeah. You could, it seems like it should be reversible as we learn. It's really not, but um, Not when you have the book. <laughs> yeah, the whole idea is that the Iotians are, like, really, really easily swayed, and, like, they they fall in love with a concept and take it way too far. Like, uh, everybody knows a guy like that, right? They're, like, com- the chameleon relationship, right? Yeah, exactly. You know a guy who dates a girl or, or whatever, and they become, like, that person, and you're like, hey, wh- wh- I thought you liked uh, gangster movies, and they're like... No, I took my Scarface poster down because my girlfriend hates it. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, I put up five Scarface posters because my girlfriend loves it. Yeah, I put up... Uh, my whole planet is plastered with Scarface <laughs> posters. Have you seen the statue of Scarface Liberty? It's half it's white and half black. <laughs> uh, he's not even Italian Scarface. He's fucking Cuban. Yeah. That's why they wouldn't have him up. They wouldn't have a non-Italian. That's right. Um, have to be like Rocky Balboa or some shit. The, the, the original gangster, Rocky yeah. Balboa. The, the fighting gangster, that's what they called him. Although Rocky was like a, a, a pressure guy. He was like an arm arm twister. Like a, a mob. Yeah, muscle, like yeah. a muscle guy, yeah. yeah. So um, they... They make it to the planet, and Uhura's like, Kirk, we're, we're getting hailed through radio waves through someone from someone named Bella Oxmix, who yeah. describes himself as the boss of this planet. Yeah, and Kirk laughs. He's like, Kirk's the like, boss. boss? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's talking to Oxmix, and he, he's like, uh, here, Oxmix, here's all the exposition for the episode. And yeah, there's a weird part where, like, I guess just to show, like, how stupid these people are or whatever, how, like, primitive, they're like, oh, let's meet at an intersection. And I think something gets lost in the translation of, like, our time to the 60s. Like, maybe deals went down at intersections or something. Yeah. I don't fucking know, I, I don't right? Really like, like that either. But they, yeah. they're like, I'd, I would have really loved for Kirk to have been, like, what intersection? What are you- <laughs> Yeah, what are you talking about? But he's just like, okay. We'll lock onto the coordinates. And he's like, Scotty, find the intersection. <laughs> Scotty's like, got it, Captain. The <laughs> one intersection. Scotty. Yeah. Uh, but Oxmix is like, yeah, come on down. I got a reception committee for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Kirk's like, okay, I'm headed down. <laughs> okay, we'll be right there. Five minutes. And uh, the, the thing is... The whole idea is that the horizon happened before the prime directive. Right. Uh, they mention the prime. The they call it order number one. 
It's not this. the prime directive yet, but it is the prime directive. Yeah, it's order right. number one at this point. Yeah. And uh, like I said, they they really want to reverse the the problem that they themselves caused. Uh, yeah, they also are there to sort of study it. Like they're kind of it, it's kind of a unique situation, right? Like think about it. Like yeah. if you're Starfleet and you're like, well, what like what can we learn from this, right? Like yeah, what we, can we We've never studied a planet that we've tainted in this way before. Yeah. It's, it's like ex- experimental. Um so they they beam down to the intersection and they're pretty shocked at how much it looks like Earth. And they make a few comments like, "Oh, it looks like the the Earth, but like um, hundreds of years ago, right? And like so, like when this show was made, <laughs> yeah, a little bit before that, <laughs> little yeah, like more like forties, right? It's uh, I think it's all based on the nineteen twenties. Is the idea? I think it's supposed to be, but it doesn't look twenties. It's supposed. I I I think you're right, but I I. I think the thing is, all the dudes are wearing suits that are, like, very, like, 40s tailored. And, yeah. Because in the 20s, everyone had, like, really oversized pants and shit. Yeah, the, it was... 20s is a, a little different. And, like, like all, those cars are 40s Like, cars. all the Maybe background 30s. ladies are dressed like flappers, which fits very well. But, like, all the ladies who sit in front of the camera for ages are dressed more 1940s. Well, there's the, the 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 one sexy lady who uh, wears that gun. Oh yeah, belt. where's the gun on her inner thigh? Like that's where yeah. you're supposed to put that shit. Very very sexily, right? Sexily, <laughs> very quote unquote sexily. But they notice that everyone on this entire planet is carrying a gun of some type. Yeah, they're like they're like, what is there a kind of firearms around? <laughs> yeah, and it's like fucking Tommy guns. Like Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, it's fucking. Uh, like full on cutting people in half guns and they're just carrying yeah. them around. Tommy guns, man, that shit was crazy. <laughs> I'm every time I think of a Tommy gun, I think of the scene from uh the nineties Dick Tracy movie. Where he shoots the gun. He, yeah. he they like wreck the car into the building and he just gets out of it with a Tommy gun and kills every named villain in the history of Dick Tracy in two yeah, seconds. Yeah, that movie dude, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but that movie's crazy. I love that that's movie. That's a crazy man. movie. I fucking love that movie. I still have some Dick Tracy figures. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, weird yeah, that it's... we it, like it was such a phenomenon in like the like the 30s and 40s and 50s and even in the 90s when it happened that there was just a dude named Dick Tracy and we loved him. That was Warren Beatty's baby. He like thought Dick Tracy that was going to be like a huge franchise. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't. It wasn't uh, partially because it didn't do as well as they'd hoped in the theaters for how much it cost. Because yeah. it is like a lavishly made movie. Like it is. Oh, it's there's beautiful. there's so many. Like, like Al Pacino is, yeah. is in it. It's every goddamn buddy is in that movie. Yeah, but it probably didn't help that he does kill every named villain in Dick Tracy history in that movie. From what I remember, <laughs> the story is not very good. No, the story is that uh, Big Boy Caprice is gonna yeah. do a crime, and he wants all the criminals in on the crime. Yeah, he's like the Joker, right? Um, he's getting the band back together. He gets all the criminals in on the crime, and then Dick Tracy kills all of them. And then he also kills Big Boy Caprice. Also, Madonna is the blank. Spoiler alert. Oh, f- 
fuck. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a 40-year-old movie. Madonna's hot in that movie, though. This is like 91, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Madonna was huge in 91. She did the whole fucking soundtrack for that movie, too. How much did that cost? Jesus. Yeah, fuck. that's the thing. That movie cost it in like a ridiculous amount of money, but like Warren Beatty was like, I want to make out with Madonna, please. I think he was dating her at that point. Oh yeah. She dated like everybody. I don't she remember. Did. I remember the only one I remember is she dated um Rodman, Dennis Rodman, and everyone was up oh, in arms. I totally forgot about that. Everyone was up in arms because Dennis Rodman is uh weird, but really it was because really, he was, it was black. He was black and yeah. they're racists. <laughs> I remember I remember I remember being very young and being like, Oh, you're mad because he's a black guy. Because <laughs> he's not only a black guy, but uh, a weird black guy. Yeah. That's the worst kind of black guy, right? And it's the thing that I always found strange about Rodman is everyone was like oh Rodman is so fucking weird but like musicians at the time were all no. like a million times weirder and no one Rodman said Rodman is a product of the 90s he's just a 90s guy yeah. right like that's all who how many white kids in my school did I know that dyed their hair green yeah, everybody absolutely nobody was like that's weird <laughs> Uh, but anyway, two guys with Tommy guns come out and point them at the guys, and they're like, you're gonna get banged with the fishes, or whatever, and... And they're like, what? <laughs> uh, now we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages from this month's sponsor, Hat Hole Home Video. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Greetings, listeners. It is the vengeful spirit of Stan Lee reminding you that once you're done listening to this episode of M-Class Podcast, which honestly should probably be renamed Jeff and Josh Talk About How Hot Nana Visitor Is, I digress, web sling on over to YouTube and check out Hat Hole Home Video. It's a channel devoted to one man's nostalgia for the glory days of the VHS video store. Trust me, true believer. Now back to the show. Back to the show. And we're back. Don't forget to check out Hat Hole Home Video on YouTube today. It's good shit. We both approve. Yes, good. It's a very good channel. Uh, so let's hop back in. We've pussyfooted around this episode too goddamn much. <laughs> Not a whole lot goes on. No. Uh, <laughs> Everything happens, but nothing happens. They, uh, Kirk, Spock, and Bones give up their phasers and communicators to the guys with Tommy guns. And then a fucking drive-by happens. Yeah, there's a hit. <laughs> He's like, it's been, it's a hit. It got, and it, they got sent here by Cracko. We gotta get yeah. off the street. Cracko did it, and one of the Goonie goons dies. He gets yeah. he gets gets knocked up, knocked off. Not he gets knocked up, and then sadly gets knocked off. Yeah, uh, they get taken to Mister Oxmix's office, and he's like, "I'm the boss of the whole planet. I'm the boss round here." And he's got big glasses, and he sucks at playing pool. He's not... He keeps hitting everything except the cue ball. He what the fuck the, is happening? Dude, he hits the ten ball, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, he does that two or three times, where he hits everything but the fucking cue ball. Is that a gangster move? Is that like a, I can just cheat 
Is it just practicing? I don't know. Do they not know how to play pool on the set of Star Trek? (laughs) He's gonna fucking fuck up his balls. Like, you can't, you just, it's gonna get all fucked up from hitting it. You can't do that. Uh, but they're like trying to talk to him and he's not making any fucking sense because he's like, ah, they're gonna sleep with the fishes if they come up in here. Yeah, he's, he's just. Give me the gabagool. Like, he's fucking. (laughs) Spaghetti. Spaghetti, rigatoni, penne, mamma mia. What's your favorite pasta, Josh? I think penne is my favorite. Is penne the the tubes? Yeah, penne is the tubes. Yeah, penne is good. Fucking love penne with a nice fucking marinara and some goddamn uh, meatballs. I like Alfredo. That's Dude, my favorite. I fucking love some chicken Alfredo with some mushrooms in there. Give I don't like shit. mushrooms, but I would eat it. Oh, <laughs> well, as long as you'd eat it. Um, <laughs> I'd eat it as long as your mama mia made it. No, my mama mia. This episode is going to just be all that. Because yes. that's all it is. It's just, it's like, we get it. We got the bit. We got the joke, guys. Mama mia. I'm Rickatoni. <laughs> Luigi's there. <laughs> Do you ever, um, in a Mario game, just, like, leave Mario there, and he, like, falls asleep? Yeah, he does all his silly things. Wait, when he falls asleep, he's like, <gasps> Spagatoni. <laughs> Linguini. <laughs> he's dreaming about all the pasta. He dreams about all the pasta, and, like, then he's like, <sighs> Ah, Princess Peach. Yeah, he's like, now he's having a cream dream. He's, he says Princess Peach, and he goes, Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> he's adorable. I love that guy. Uh, there are no adorable Italians in this episode. Now everyone's a fucking goon. <laughs> they find, um... They find a book that's on a pedestal called Chicago Mobs of the 20s. And Spock's like, oh, the Horizon must have left this here. Yeah. And he's like, how long have you had this book? And he's like, this book? It's called The Book. That's The Book. He's like, don't touch The Book. The Book teaches us how to be gangsters. And that's the plot of the episode. I don't understand why they chose this book. Because... Spock is like, didn't they leave other books? And he's like, yeah, they left a bunch of like technical manuals, like how to make radios and yeah. shit. And it's like, so let me get this straight. You ding-dongs read the radio books, learned how to make Tommy guns and radios. And then this book was like not a history book to you? This was like a Bible to you? Like, Yeah, somehow they figured out that the others weren't the religious text, but this right. one is. <laughs> this history book that probably reads like the boringest history book ever, right? Like, There's also some like weird jumps in logic happening with this character. Because Oxmix is like, you guys must be defeds. But he says yeah. two seconds earlier that there's no government on the planet. Yeah, like, is it the translator just translating it that way, maybe? Yes. <laughs> or, I don't know. I know what you're saying. They speaking English because they read English in the book. Right. The book taught them the English. And he's like, you guys are the feds. You gotta f- give us some heaters and some guys that can... T- some troops to teach us how to use the heaters. There's an opportunity for a joke here, but they don't take it. Why isn't, like, Bones or Spock, like... This planet is very temperate. Why do you need heaters? <laughs> Instead, they're like, heaters? What? What the fuck are you I'm talking about? stupid. 
And Kirk's like, no, I'm not giving you weapons. Like, what What yeah. are you talking about? He's like, I'm going to take control of this whole goddamn planet. I'm going to use your heaters, and I'm going to force these other mooks out of here. Yeah, he's like, you know when you're the number one dog, and then everybody comes for you, don't... Take a shot at the king if you're going to miss him. Man, if you're Italian, I am sorry about this episode. <laughs> but I mean, this is how it is. Like, it this is. is the episode. Like, But Oxfix is stupid. like, you got eight hours to give me the goods, or you're going to have cement shoes on your wieners. Yeah, they threaten to, like, kill the, the captain. Yeah. And, and it's like... I don't understand, like, how like how are you going to get your heaters? Well, he, he takes the communicator and he just sort of, sort of like, dicks with it until he accidentally oh, he, it works. He, like, tunes tune in Tokyo, is it? Yeah. yeah. And he's, the, Scotty's like, yeah, can I, hello? And he's like, yeah, this is the boss. And Give me like, them goddamn heaters and some troops or else I'm going to kill you, Captain. And, yeah, and, and Scotty's like, uh, Scotty's, what? Scotty's like, who? is this <laughs> <laughs> is this a horror are you teaching dicking around with me Jim what's happening <laughs> but uh this is where the cards and casinos part of the collection comes in uh the gun the like dudes with guns who are guarding uh Kirk Spock and Bones at the warehouse where they've been left to cool their heels yeah are all playing cards yeah, and Kirk pulls a trickaroonie. He's like, uh, hey, guess what? I know this card game from Beta Antares 4 called Fizzbin. And it's called Fizzbin. Sp- <laughs> and Spock's like, oh, that's some bullshit. And he's like, Spock. Yeah. He's like, Aah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he uh, Shatner does some of his best action- acting in the history of Star Trek in this episode. Yeah. Where he's like, you did so good. You're doing so good. You got a half Fizzbin already. Except for on a Tuesday when it's dark out. And the guy's like, I, I got it. Yeah, I got like, it. Yeah, Tuesday when it's dark. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Half a Fizzbin. Two jacks. Okay. You got a gronk. Got it. <laughs> and uh, he, he like, um, drops a card on the floor. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'll get it. And then they all just fucking karate chop. The the mobsters and they knock like, him out. They like six hand double fist chop this guy to death. Dude, that's my f- my favorite thing. Every action scene that happens in this episode is Spock nerve pinching a guy and just knocking him out immediately, and then Kirk rolling around on the ground punching at the guy for like a full ten seconds. They longer. each have to do their signature <laughs> moves, right? Spock does the pinch. Kirk does a. Punch. Yeah, he does. He does like a bunch. He grabs the guy and shakes him, and then punches him a couple times and knocks him out. At one point, he does the hockey pull the jersey over a guy's head move, which I always think is a good one. (laughs) He doesn't do his ultimate move, which is throwing his own body sideways at a guy. No, that's that's all. That's like unlimited power right there. It didn't come to that at this point. He didn't have to pull that out. No. His but power the, bar wasn't that high. <laughs> he didn't get his super yet. Yeah, he didn't get his, <laughs> Yeah. 
uh, Kirk uh, takes a, one of the Tommy guns and he's like, Spock, McCoy, find the local radio station and contact the ship. Which is, like, assuming a lot of things, but it works out. Well, he, yeah, so, like, again, it's like, the, he's like, well, Uhura's listening. And it's like, why? <laughs> why would Uhura be listening to the radio, right? Like, Uhura's, like, got the radio one and just, Mr. Sandman, boop, 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 lend me a dream, do, do, do. Spock and McCoy come in and are like, Horror, hey, hey, horror, can you hear us? And she's like, Yeah, I can hear you. Hurry it up. Song is almost want? over. This is a good song. <laughs> um, but Kirk's whole plan is he's going to um, abduct Oxmix and bring him back to the Enterprise. But he walks out a door and a guy pulls a gun on him. He's like, You suck. Give me a gun. Like, it's like, are they dumb? Like, is Kirk dumb in this? Yeah, no one ever looks behind them. In this episode. <laughs> the whole time they're be- being like double, triple crossed and they, they're just like, we can just walk around. Whatever. Like, what? Yeah, they don't... They, there's no stealth involved. None of them have anything in their fucking stealth score whatsoever. There's also like a weird like Yojimbo theme going on, but it's like a shitty Yojimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick that up because he's like playing both teams, That's right? True. Like he he's like oh, I'm gonna go over to Krakow now, and it's, yeah, it's he, like like he gets captured by Krakow. Like that isn't yeah. even his plan to begin with. He just gets captured by Krakow. He and uses Krakow's a switchblade like, child. <laughs> Krakow's like I gotta be in control of the planet. It's me. I'm the new guy, Krakow. It's like oh my god. There's so many. Italians. <laughs> and then he fucking he puts Kirk in another room yeah. to be guarded. And uh Spock and McCoy, they they get up to the fucking ship. They're they they do their part of whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, yeah, they go up there and it never it doesn't matter at all. What do they even do up there? I don't even remember. They Oxmix calls and he's like, I'll help you get Kirk back and we can work together. And oh, tricks McCoy's right. like, are you fucking stupid? Like, are we we're gonna believe him? And Spock's like, oh, we have no choice. And the whole time I'm right. like, you have a ship that can do anything. Why are you not beaming these guys up into the brig? Yeah, just beam them into the brig and be... Well, I think the whole idea is that they're trying not to contaminate the planet further, but Kirk says earlier in the episode that the damage is already done. Yeah. Also, they're they've they got their phasers taken from them. Like they already know that phasers exist, right? Yeah, they Kirk, do a thing later where they can't use phasers on the street because people will see them. But everyone's already seen them. But Kirk at one point is like, "Hey, don't point that at the wall. It'll blow the wall up." And it's like, and he's like, "Oh, the heat is that strong, eh?" Yeah, you it's like you just told that. a guy. Yeah, why did you tell him that? Uh, but. Um, Kirk does a little bit of um, a little bit of like MacGyver, where he he rips some of the wiring out of a uh, radio that's in his cell for no reason. Sure, and he uh, makes a trip wire, <laughs> and then he throws a chair like a uh, not a chair. He throws like a fucking um, trash can on the ground and goes, "Oh no, I'm hurt." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hurt my trash can. 
And then a bunch of dudes run in. First guy trips, and then he hockey players. The second guy with a blanket. Dude, the he fucking, fucking the trip sound effect is so funny. What? <laughs> Dude, at this point, I was like, "What in the hell?" So, I've probably seen this episode like four times, and yeah. I never remember it. I never remember because it it's so weird. So like. At the end of the fight, Kirk reaches under his bed and pulls out a Tommy gun. I'm guessing one of the guys dropped it, but it like for one second I was like, why didn't he just use the Tommy gun? Yeah, I, I think the guy flings it under there. Yeah. But Jesus. like what a what a disastrous tailor. Like there's not a better take of that, right? Like so fucking funny. It's like so goofy. But uh, they they're gonna beam down and like Spock is like oh I'm too smart for these guys set uh, phaser banks on strong stun and point it where we're gonna transport. Yeah. Uh, but then th- one of the guys is like don't worry boss they can't do nothing till they stop glittering. <laughs> uh, and they beam in and they all just point their guns at him and they're like oh we got you again dumbass why are you so <laughs> stupid why would you beam into the room i don't understand either so fucking stupid why would you feed into the room like no one does anything smart in this entire episode (laughs) everyone is an idiot like kirk's solution before we even get to it i want to lay out that this episode might be the most irresponsible thing kirk ever does in his entire career (laughs) dude how how is he going to explain any of this (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where the fuck he's gonna get that from at all. Like, I think Bone says it at the end. He's like, "What are you gonna tell Starfleet?" And he's like, "I don't know, Bonesy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a gangster now. I do whatever I want, Bones. Ah, fuck your motto with a rubber ducky. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Dude, the whole thing is so it's ludicrous. This is a ludicrous episode. So Oxmex has got that like Bones and Spock prisoner, but Kirk comes in with his Tommy gun, and he's Kirk and Spock are like get fucking butt naked fast. That's right. That Run yourself, dick. fool! <laughs> <laughs> That's what the episode should be. Naked. It should have been. Dude, it should have been, uh, like, they find, like, a fucking NWA album, <laughs> and they're like, that's the gangsters that they are, right? Uh, that'd that would be, be cool. That'd be an episode of fucking, uh, Deep Space Nine, or yeah. Voyager, they find the NWA planet. Yeah, or they go back in time to, and they meet NWA, that'd be oh, on Voyager. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. That would be cool. There's an episode, like, Crystal loves... Uh, the Nanny. It's like one of her favorite shows. Yeah. And there's an episode of The Nanny where uh, Coolio plays a nerd in it that she oh. she teaches how to be a rapper and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, kind of like, like a reverse gangster paradise. But, uh, <laughs> oh, does she like overstep a little bit? A right? little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But it's it's still a funny episode. Just a little, little bit of blood. The, the 90s, man. Uh, <laughs> They were just like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. They fucking point a gun, and Oxmix, like, their henchmen give Kirk and Spock the outfit so that they can look cool for the rest of the episode. They give Kirk the fuzziest hat on Earth. Gotta, he, I would rather wear his outfit than Spock's outfit, I think, of the two of them. I think I like his outfit better. He needs to run a fucking, like, 
one of those I seen on TV lint removers across that hat. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? I think it's just supposed to be fuzzy. I don't think it's supposed to be that fuzzy. I think it was just in props for too long and it got fuzzy. Could be. And they were like, nobody's going to be able to see it. They're watching this shit on a six-inch television. But they fucking go to Krakow's hideout, and there's, like, a kid outside, and the kid's like, I'll help you, because I'm a fucking ur- street urchin. I'll help you. He's like Tiny Tim with a switchblade. And, uh, I don't know, is the scene supposed to be funny, because the kid has a switchblade, and he, like, knows things? I don't know. Yeah, he's like, uh, he's like a little, like, entrepreneur, right? Like, everyone in sure. this society is, like... Uh, fucking like gangster wannabe, right? Like this, He's like, I want a piece of the action. This little fucking kid. Yeah, like this whole episode is like supposed to be funny because this whole planet isn't it silly that this whole planet bases their their entire worldview on this book about gangsters from the twenties. Yeah, and the kid's supposed to be cute and funny. Right. Uh, he's he's less annoying than a lot of child actors that were on the show at this time. He's actually pretty good. It makes me yeah, wonder like what happened with him. He, he might be somebody. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but like this at this point in the episode, like it's just a whole lot of like Kirk takes control and then the gangsters capture him, and then Kirk retakes control and then new gangsters capture him over and over and over again. It's like three times. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he meets cause... he meets the porn star D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Those who know know. <laughs> they they like break into Krakow's headquarters. The whole idea is that they're gonna like take him hostage. But then they get taken hostage. But then that doesn't even matter because they let him go into a room by themselves with Krakow. It's none of it makes sense. Nothing makes sense from this point on. And Kirk is like, "Look, we're the Federation. We're the ultimate gangsters. This is play now. Like they only understand power." When in Rome, right? He's gonna do as the Romans do. He's like, we're muscling in, we're taking over, and we have all the firepower, we have a ship in space that can just destroy you instantly. We're the guys. We're fucking then, taking over. And then the gangsters are like, how do we know that there isn't more than three guys up there? It's like, what the fuck convoluted nonsense <laughs> yeah, is they start, this? They start transporting them in first, and like for some reason, the fact that they can teleport people from one location on the planet to another isn't enough proof. Yeah, don't put two and two together like, oh, they can, like, teleport me into a wall, right? Yeah. Like, But, like, they're like, how do we know there aren't more than three guys up there? I only saw three guys up there when I was wearing my straw hat. And they fucking, uh, they fire phasers on a whole street full of people and stun them to the ground. And they're this all like, is- oh, shit! They're so powerful. This is one of the things I'm glad they never return to in Star Trek. This idea that, like, the ship can stun people <laughs> like, like <laughs> what setting is that negative three million like what like how is that a thing um, um it's a little that's so lazy it's like honestly if they were gonna do stun i think that would be a good thing to do for the ships like phaser banks but it, you would have to like stun equipment you would have to like black out equipment like yeah it'd EMP. be like a like a neutron bomb right like yeah a, like yeah that would be really cool. But this yeah. just stuns like a hand facer. <laughs> Dude, it, and then they just like collapse, and then the gangster guys are like, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
but the idea is like we're gonna we're the federation we're gonna take over and then ox mix is the boss and Krakos his lieutenant and this is called a syndicate it went ahead of it they make like a super government of gangsters which is the worst possible solution to this scenario. There isn't any Star Trek solution where they're like, oh, maybe, like, like, why don't they give them another book? To be like, here's more books. Read these books. Like, we'll come back in 100 years see where you're at, right? Here's the, That's all you have to here's do. Here's the Republic. Fucking yeah. read it. Like, here's fucking Plato. You know, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> the, th- the thing that really gets me is that it's not from lack of knowledge that they come to this decision to leave the planet in the hands of a criminal syndicate. <laughs> they know that everyone on this planet is being strong-armed by force to pay protection money there to these guys. There are murders in the streets. It, constant murders in the streets. It's like crazy anarchy, right? And, and they're like, just like, creating well, I don't the know. syndicate stops the murders in the streets temporarily until <laughs> someone else wants to like usurp Start it up, yeah. the syndicate. Until yeah. someone turns on someone else, which they're all fucking morons. That's for sure going to happen. Yeah, they're dumb as shit. Like, the idea is they're going to go back to the planet once a year and collect their fucking 40% revenues from strong-arming civilians. It's so weird. It's like it's like supposed to be funny, but it's just stupid. It is wildly irresponsible. Like I said, it might be the most irresponsible thing Kirk ever does. Yeah, that guy goes back in time like all the time. For sure. To the point where he's like a living legend for being such he's, a fucking time fucker upper. He's like 22 separate incidences <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. They go back to the ship and Bones and Spock is like, we took, we're taking a 40% cut of the action. Like, that seems wrong to me. And Kirk's like, oh, we'll put the money back into the planetary treasury to help the Federation uh, educate the Iotians. What's to stop the gangsters from just laundering the or like just stealing it, embezzling the money? Nothing. Literally nothing. They nothing come back in a year sense. later, and it's back to the way it was before. Like this there's is the nothing st- stopping them. This is the stupidest episode we've ever watched. Like, I'm, so- I'm so happy that Spock just looks at him like he's a fucking moron when he says this. If I was Spock, I'd be like, you know what? Let's just go somewhere else. This is, he's, he's, you know what? Uh, I think you're not fit to be captain right now. Yeah, I think you might be under some sort of outside influence. Are you a Burke? Did you Burke somewhere and we didn't notice? Is Burke back? Is, is this before Burke? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, Bones has a whoopsie doodle. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I left my communicator back there. And Ugh. Kirk is like, with that kind of technology, they could do... They could do... Uh, come back and take a piece of the Federation's action. It's so dumb. <laughs> and then the episode ends. Credits. Credits right after that joke. Just give them a new book. Give them a bunch of books. Make a library. There you go. Yeah, then you would have a bunch of different societies across the planet mimicking different books. It'd be like Ready Player One. It it would be like Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Super true. I I don't know. This episode um, has like a fun element to it. You get to see Kirk and Spock dressed up all uh, sexy 1920s guys with their tilted hats and their silly accents. You get to play with with deactivated Tommy guns. 
and uh, you get to see Kirk try and drive, which is really funny. Oh, he doesn't know about the clutch in reverse. He, he doesn't know how to drive, so he drives like a teenager that's learning for the first time. It's very, yeah. it's actually pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. And Spock <laughs> is like terrified to get in the car with him again. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, right? Like Spock's like, what the fuck is like? This is a death trap. This is a horrible this is, idea. This is like the worst thing I've ever been in. Cause, yeah, like his his like six Vulcan stomachs are up in his throat. <laughs> his fucking like physics brain is like, okay, all, we only need to be going twenty five miles per hour for me to be flung from this death <laughs> trap. His physics brain is rattling against his skull every time Kirk hits the brakes every five feet, dude. So that's fun, but, like, overall the episode is, like, really sort of repetitive and meandering, and, like, listeners to this show know how much I hate repetition. Yeah. Uh, I find it really annoying when a story uh, repeats the same beats over and over without changing anything along the way. I feel like in Star Trek it's made more annoying. I don't know why, but I feel like, uh, I don't know, it just... It, it's like grating on my nerves in Star Trek sure. for some reason. I, ironically, like the TNG episode with the time resetting is actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, they do a really good job where they like slightly turn the camera. Yeah, right? they like, like change angles. They yeah. change like the way things happen a little every time. Yeah. And it's a mystery, so that's interesting. Right. Uh, at it's least like a, to me, like I'm a big mystery guy. So like anytime there's a mystery, I want to know. I'm I'm glued to it. And there's no mystery to this. It's just the same thing happens over and over. It's and just over. goofy, and it's supposed to be fun, and it isn't fun. Because who the fuck cares about Gangster Planet? <laughs> I find it more fun than you do. I find, but I don't. I, yeah, I I I I don't find it that. It's just that's fine. Stupid. I mean, I'm not sticking up for it. Don't worry. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Josh? You don't like the gangster planet? What's wrong with you? Oh, I'll come over there and I'll bump you off. I'll put you on ice. Put you in the cooler with my heater. He picks Wait. <laughs> Kirk picks up on the lingo. There is My favorite part is when he calls Scotty sweetheart. That's my yeah. favorite part. And Scotty's sweetheart. like... This guy's like, yes, Captain. <laughs> like he doesn't know how to deal with that. I like. I do like when he makes Spock go over and sit at the desk and put his feet. Up. You sit down. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you take a seat. Yeah. He basically just tells Oxmix, like, we're taking over, and Oxmix is like. Why didn't you say so? And it's like, this is so fucking crazy at this point. Like, like The thing is, Oxmix was so sure that he could control these people before, and nothing has really changed. Nothing's changed. Yeah. He still has all the guns on him. Why Why now? Is he like, okay. It's, it, I don't know. Is it because they're the episode needs to end. Yeah. They, they did the Scooby-Doo bit three times, so yeah. now the episode needs to end. I don't know, man. This episode know. is all over the place. It's uh, it's not a very good episode. And uh, when we come back from these messages, we'll talk about how we feel about it overall. Give it a nice score. <laughs> but uh, we'll be right back after these messages from Hat Hole Video. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's Josh from M-Class. Make sure you go to YouTube and you check out Hat Hole Home Video right now. This channel is super 
freaking awesome. I've been watching some videos today. Hat Hole Home Video is devoted to celebrating the wonderfully bad movies found on the video store shelves of the 80s and 90s. Uh, I picked out some clips that I really liked from this show. Uh, he does uh, VHS collecting, uh, movie reviews, midnight watch parties with Dr. Zotto, and occasionally uh, action figure collecting, which I'm super into. So uh, check out Hat Hole Home Video, and uh, here's a clip you can check out. Hey everybody, welcome to Hat Hole Home Video. Today is a fun day because it's a toys pickups video. I don't get to do them very often. Um, it's really feast or famine when it comes to toys as far as my thrifting adventures go. So uh, yeah, I thankfully we're in a little bit of a feast. It is Goro, Prince of the Underworld. That's Hat Hole Home Video. It's a place for the nostalgic to reminisce about the good old days and for the newcomers who've discovered the awesomeness of the VHS and 8-bit era to get in on the fun. It's awesome! Welcome back from those good, good messages from our good, good sponsor, Hat Hole Home Video. Thank you so much for the sponsorship. Thank you all for going to check him out because it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally worth it. It's great. It's a great sub. I agree fully. So we've gone through the background of this episode. We uh, learned who wrote it. Although originally the idea for the episode was uh, created by Gene Roddenberry, who titled it President Capone. So I guess it could have been wow. worse. It would be funny if it, it would be better if it was just a guy who like was Capone. Like, he just decided he was Capone. That would be funnier. I, um, yeah, maybe. I'm Capone now. Yeah, like he was just like, ah, I'm from the Capones from Iosha 6 or whatever the fuck, you know. I've got two, um, two fairly interesting, <laughs> fairly interesting, uh, John Larroquette Fun Facts of the Week here. How fairly interesting. This is the only episode in TOS history to end in a freeze frame. Oh, really? Yeah. This is also the only episode in the entire Star Trek franchise where Kirk calls McCoy Sawbones. Sawbones. I, I don't remember that. Uh, I think it's when he's doing his gangster voice. Probably, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's the whole idea of his name being Bones is because it's of Sawbones. Sawbones. Yeah, but it's the only what... time in the entire fucking franchise that he calls him Sawbones. So weird. That's a good one. I like that I think one. That's a fairly interesting one. This episode's terrible. <laughs> so, what would you give this episode on the the Cochrane to Catfish warp scale? Oh fuck, man. Um, a three. Whoa, because it's it's got like some funny parts, but. Like, it's so chaotic. I honestly, if you told me to write, like, a term paper on this, I'd be like, I can't. I don't know what happens in this episode. That's the thing. Like, I think I enjoyed this episode quite a bit more than you for what it is. It's not a good episode, but I would call it a middle-of-the-road episode. Especially when it comes to, like, TOS. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I mean, I would, I, give mean it, I would give it a five. I, I could be swayed to go to four if well, I'm you don't have to sway. Generous. No, I you but stick, I know you I know stick what you're to saying. that score, baby. 
<laughs> I'm giving it a tree. That's a half a fizzbin. I only saw three up there. <laughs> that could only be three guys up there on that space maduhickey. I only saw the one room, though. Maybe it's only one room up there. <laughs> I don't know, man. This episode is crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's a wild episode, and it's, I don't know, it feels like very much like they had just finished shooting some sort of 20s gangland movie on the Desilu set. Yeah, they were they were ha- they had to use it before it got torn down. So they were like, "Let's make a Star Trek episode. It's Gangster Planet." That's how a lot of TOS episodes happen. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, like McCoy leaving his communicator. Like, there's a whole episode about that in Enterprise, right? Where Reed leaves, like I think a phaser somewhere, and they have to go get it. Oh yeah, they don't bother in this one. There's fucking. They're leaving. just like they're just like whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like, they're gonna figure out how the communicator works, because, like, they know about transducers or whatever the fuck, right? Sure. That's a leap that we could all make. Give yeah, a chance. Like, it's, it's not gonna take them, like, 200 years to figure out how to use this magical device that uses quantum communication, like, subspace communication. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is apparently... A the Cadillac that they drive is the same Cadillac that Al Capone drove. For real? Yeah, not the one, not like the actual one, but it's the same model. Oh, okay. It would have okay. been way cooler if it was the same one. Yeah. I don't want to get syphilis from a Cadillac. Yeah, no, thank you to that. <laughs> Everybody down here got syphilis from banging all these broads. Banging all these. Well, that's important to point out that this is a planet where all men are gangsters and all women seem to be uh, hookers, prostitutes, or, or some kind of uh, what would you call it? A hooker, comfort like, woman. Yeah, they're they're they don't really have like value. They're just no. things. And it also might be we're reading into it. And it wasn't meant to be like that, but it's the '60s, so it's coming across like that. <laughs> well, the first women we see, they're they're I guess they're normal, right? They're just like, but they're like real snotty, and yeah, they're, they're like gangster. What's the boss gonna fix our light bulbs? <laughs> I guess that's the stereotype, the gangster mole, right? M O L L, like the the woman who's involved in the gangster world yeah. is like. She's too mouthy for her own good. You yeah, know? like she's she yeah she's sticking her nose in a business. Yeah, you know? you may be part of the family, but you ain't part of the business. Right. It's like the whole Sopranos thing where he's like, basically just fucks wherever he wants, right? Because like yeah. that's his like he's like a king, right? Yeah. That's, there's some. It's, <laughs> it's, weird. it's funny that like usually this is a little behind the scenes information for everybody out there. Uh, usually, when we record on Wednesday, everyone in my neighborhood decides that it's time to chainsaw or uh, to, you know, uh, mow grass. Yeah, they were mowing. I heard the mower. And uh, for the rest of the week, no one ever touches the grass or chainsaws. Not once. But somehow they knew I was recording on Tuesday this week. <laughs> Dude, it's quantum entanglement. It you sit down at the last night. And they're still oh. out there doing fucking lawn shit. Dude, the boomers, man, they gotta do it. They gotta mow. It's time to mow now. It's fun. It's funny. Like sometimes I really love the neighborhood I live in because it looks really nice. Like the trees are nice, and like it's like a nice little walking path or whatever. But like, 
my neighbors suck a dick, and I want people, them all to know that. <laughs> people ruin everything. I mean, for real. That is like, true. Hell is other people, right? Hell is a planet full of gangsters from the nineteen twenties. That's what hell I is say. a mowing the grass planet, and Jeff lives. There. Jesus Christ! I would be the last man standing on that planet. I'll tell you that fucking much. <laughs> hey, this guy down the street—he ain't mowing his lawn every Tuesday and Wednesday. He ain't mowing his lawn every Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And Tuesday again. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I dude, no way. There's no way. Dude. I would be like so mad. I would like scream out the window, fucking shut up. I hate it. Like, I don't know. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now who are like, Jeff, you just don't notice when people mow their lawns when you're not recording. I right. fucking know that. I'm being hyperbolic, baby. Get on board. <laughs> Get on board with the bit, you son of a bit. I'm I'm making a funny on the program. <laughs> They're working on a house here. Uh, they're building like a building across the alley, and it's very loud. But you can't hear it because I'm far away from it. Yeah, I was stupid enough to put my office in the front bedroom of this apartment, and uh, I there's just no insulation in the windows that are next to me, so you can hear fucking everything. It's super great, and I love That's it. That's so your na- neighbors can hear you doing a podcast so they can start mowing. I don't think they can hear me, but if they can, that makes perfect sense why they start mowing every time. It's part of the association rules. If you're doing a podcast, mowing must commence. Well, there was, uh, at the last place I lived, there was a lady next door who was like a crazy person. Like, Yeah, I remember. And uh, she could hear me through the wall when I did the podcast. So we started doing the podcast during the day. Yeah. Just for this lady, because I didn't want to do the podcast at night when maybe she was trying to sleep. Right. And she would go in the room next to mine and turn on, like, fucking sweating to the oldies. Top, like, fully at 100 on the volume menu. Dude, people are so weird. And I was just, the whole time I was like, man, I moved this so I wouldn't disturb you. And you're still doing this. Dude, she was crazy, though, right? Like, she was, like... Like, she was legit, like... uh, She was, like, an invalid. She would, uh... That's not the word. She's like a recluse. She was yeah. like a hermit. Yeah. Uh, I would meet her in the hallway, and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm just you know getting home from work." And she never left, so I knew she was lying. So you knew. And yeah, she'd be also like, a liar. She'd be like, "I can't stay out here too long, or they'll see me." Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, you should head back in then. Should Should I be worried about whose that is or what? Like what? I, I felt bad for the lady for sure, and I mean, like, I can't hold it against her that she didn't want to hear me talk about Star Trek. A lot of people don't want to hear me talk about Star Trek in my experience. I do. So, <laughs> everyone listening to this does, I think. Hopefully. Or else you hate listening to it, which makes no sense to me. Please don't Either do way, it. whatever. Uh, you should hate donate money to our Patreon, then, at <laughs> patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Yeah, hate donate at least a dollar, and you get a lot of s- cool stuff. I'm pretty excited about this collection of episodes. It's a fun one. This episode is... I will say this. This is a goofy-ass episode, and I appreciate how goofy it is. Yeah, it's it's fun. We've done a lot of episodes that are fairly either bland or serious recently. Yeah. So it's nice to do something that's just kind of out there and silly and stupid. The next one's pretty good. The next uh, one we're doing. We don't normally do this, but I think we probably should. We should say what episodes we're going to be doing for the next episodes as well. Oh, yeah. 
What is you, the next one? You can find the answer to this question on Twitter at mclasspodcast or at mclasspodcast.com. That has the um, the collection image at both of them on the pinned tweet and at the bottom of the page on mclass.com. Mm-hmm. mclasspodcast.com. I did not get mclass.com. I wish. So, uh, BAM's Cards and Casinos Collection. A collection of the sleaziest Vegas-inspired episodes that Trek has to offer, complete with fedoras and torch singers galore. Uh, we just did a piece of the action. Our next episode is TNG Season 2, Episode 12, Royale, a.k.a. the one where Data wears a cowboy hat. Uh, Data wins big. Uh, then we're going to be doing Deep Space Nine, Season 4, Episode 10, Our Man Bashir, which is, is a James Bond one? parody. Oh, that's the James Bond one, and then then, then it's the, uh, the the Nog one, right? Uh, yeah, then the next one after... Well, no, uh, the last one is, like, um, the one where they finally get Cisco to go in. Ocean's Eleven, okay. Yeah, it's uh, Deep Space Nine Season 7, Episode 15, Bada Bing, Bada Bang, which is going to guest star Bam. Bam is going to come on the show and talk to us about that one. So it's going to be called Bada Bing, Bada Bam. Hell yeah. That's a Josh original, by the way. That's so fucking good. I felt so proud of myself when I said that. <laughs> So, uh, this is going to be a good-ass collection. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, we've done no bad collections so far. All of our episodes are great. We don't do bad episodes. No, never once did we do a bad episode. Uh, if we ever did a bad episode, keep that shit on the DL. Do not yeah. tell anyone about it. Well, you shut up about it already. <laughs> don't you shut or you'll be swimming up. with a fish. Put you on ice permanently. I'm going to... What are they... What's kidnapping? Bag them. You bag them. We gotta bag them. We got bagged. That's uh, that's it, right? <laughs> you ever been to a casino, Josh? Yeah, I hate it. I don't like it. It's loud. It's not my thing. It's extremely it's, loud. It's not fun. I I don't find it fun. But yeah, I've never actually been to a casino. I've been to Atlantic City, which is like. Holy shit! Like I, I mean, now Atlantic City is like it's it's rough. It's a rough place. Oof. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I've never been to Vegas. I, I, I guess Vegas is more fun. I, I don't know. Uh, Vegas is uh, has leaned into being sleazy at this point. Like it's actual. Yeah. It r- literally adopted the phrase "What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas" as its yeah. actual motto, which is like great if prostitution is legal, right? So it's just like come fuck some hookers and don't tell your wife. Like, like what the fuck whatever, is that? That's their advertising campaign. It's like, yeah, and everyone just like <laughs> come cheat on your wife. Yeah, do crazy shit. It's like the movie The Hangover, but in real life, except you'll get fucking arrested in Nevada. Except gonorrhea is real. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really my thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I get it. I get why people like it, but I, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not the. I'm not the. I'm not a big fan of cheating on my wife. So I guess I'm probably <laughs> not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of cheating on your wife either, Jeff. <laughs> I am. Uh, sorry that this episode is gonna be so fucking short. Apparently, it's like, not. Look, here's the thing. Uh, get over it. <laughs> yeah, get over it. I will bang you. Fuck you, you motherfucker, you. <laughs> uh, again, I would like to extend this most sincere apology. I'll get ahead of this. 
A most sincere apology to the Italian-American community. We meant no harm. Yeah, sorry. And just to make it a perfect YouTube apology, I'll add. But really, it's your fault, because you actually do act like that, so. (laughs) Holy shit, we made it. We made it. (laughs) Holy shit. That's a real internet apology for you. That's too real five me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, sorry, Italians. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out Hat Whole Home Video, though. Like, I the way I get, I, like, approve people to be, like, sponsors of the month is I check out their stuff and vet it beforehand yeah. so that I know I actually like it. Like, I, I'm a sellout, but I only want to sell out for stuff I actually like. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Why not? So, I went and checked out Hat Whole Home Video, and I watched a video he did on, um, God, I wish I could remember the name of the movie now. It was a movie where, um, it was about dreams, and, like, people who could go inside dreams. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And... I don't know it either, but I remember I can't remember it. it. But, like, his video was so fun and so funny. Yeah. It was, like, just sitting down and, like, talking about an old movie that you barely remember with someone who remembers everything from Everything, it. yeah, yeah. It was super fun. Yeah, I think everyone has those movies, right? Uh, one of mine from uh, the early 90s, late 80s, was called My Girlfriend from Hell. And it used to be on... Uh, Comedy Central, like every oh, day. Yeah. Earth Girls Are Easy is Earth my Girls exact experience easy. with that. It's, yep. It was on Comedy Central all the time, so I oh saw it. Oh my god. They played the fuck out of Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. And if you're thinking that movie sounds absolutely terrible, just know that it stars Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans. It's and G- awful. And Gina They're Davis. Aliens. Gina Davis. Oh my god. Like, Let's talk about Gina Davis. Yeah, Gina Davis is gorgeous. Gina Davis is so hot. Absolutely. She's too tall for you. She's my height. (laughs) She's for me. Now who is being a tallest? It's me. Well, we are the the chosen few, the chosen people. (laughs) Gina Davis is six feet tall. She's she's very tall, yeah. She's, She's beautiful. She's... I in uh, League of Their Own. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I oh fully, my God. It's one of the first people I crushed on. I think was Gina Davis in a League of Their Own. I remember seeing Gina Davis a bunch in the eighties because she was in like everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then I remember going and seeing the in the movie theater a League of Their Own, and I was probably like ten, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> like I was like, "What's happening to me?" <laughs> I'm, I'm growing pubic hairs as I speak. I love you, Gina Davis. That's what I say. My voice changed. <laughs> you were like, what's happening to me? Oh, I love Gina Davis. <laughs> Dude, it's the movie. I watched the movie Beetlejuice again for the first time in years. Recently. I love Beetlejuice. I watch it all movie. the time. Yeah, it is. It's a great movie. And like, I saw online that people were saying that it was their like bisexual awakening. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I I went and watched it, and like, uh, no one has ever looked better in a movie than Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin looking. Alec movie. Baldwin <laughs> looks so good in that movie. It's and, almost and like no he's other not movie Alec he's Baldwin. ever been in. No, <laughs> he looks amazing in that movie. And I was like, damn, it's a wonder that I'm still straight. 
I don't movie, know. Maybe not. We'll find out. That but. movie has Gina Davis in her prime. Oh, yeah. Winona Ryder back in the day when Winona Ryder was like, you know. like She was a cutie little lady star. Like, she probably was like, I don't know, 17, 18. So I was like, what, like 10 at the time? Yeah. And so like, you had that crush on the neighbor's yeah. older sister. She was her. like she was like the neighbor, yeah, where you're like, oh, Winona Ryder, yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's my dream girl. Yep. And she doesn't know I exist, except she didn't. She really <laughs> didn't know you existed. <laughs> and it's got what's her name? Uh, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara is hilarious in everything she's ever been in. Yeah, I love her. She's great. Um, it's got Kevin. Jeffrey Tambor in it. No, I'm just kidding. He's not in it. Um, <laughs> there's that that what's his name? That other guy from Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is in it. Principal redhead guy. Oh, it's Jeffrey Jones was who yeah. I was thinking of. He's the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. So. Yeah. I think he's a, a pedophile. He's a pedophile, yeah. He's Disgusting. A, yeah. Michael Keaton's in that movie. Do you know that? He is a Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah he's, he plays, he's a Beetlejuice. I think my favorite bit from that whole movie is The Waiting Room. Oh, that is a really good bit. <laughs> And he's just got this long-ass number, and the guy next to him has three. You want to try it? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, look at there, it's Elvis. And he switches it. Uh, that voice he does is so fucking dumb. I love it. I I used to just, like, love that movie, and I didn't know, like, I didn't get, like, half the jokes and shit, oh, yeah. right? yeah. It's a very adult movie. There's a really. part where he goes into, like, a whorehouse, and, and I never got that, right? I never... <laughs> I was like, what is he going? Is there having, are they having a party in there? Yeah, they're, they're having a party, all right. <laughs> yeah, some kind of party. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? And we were talking about Hathole. <laughs> Hathole's great, but did you ever th- like, I feel like uh, everybody talks about how, like, uh, sexuality is, like, very fluid, right? Yeah. And I always feel weird thinking about the fact that, like, so many people don't even, like, fully figure themselves out until they're like old people yeah so i always say like well i'm straight so far like yeah, i don't know who knows like, right who knows? <laughs> who fucking knows right who knows like yeah. people figure it out later i was just thinking about that it's, well it freaks it freaks people out right like it freaks old people out to to not have control over something that they find so fundamental that's but true. it's not it's, it's just whatever. You don't really have control over who you're attracted to. Yeah, you're and programmed that way. It's just in your DNA, man. I, like, I think about it all the time because, like, I was raised in a place where, like, if you were gay, you were going to get killed, probably. Yeah, like, it's I, fucked up. I lived in, like, the shittiest place for anyone different. And I got picked on enough for being a, a dork with glasses. That was a right. real thing to get picked on when I was a kid. So who knows? It might turn out that I'm, I'm not as straight as I think I am later. Well, we'll find out later, Jeff. You and me. <laughs> we'll figure it out together. That's a, that's a, a serious discussion on uh, sexuality for a second. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. And I, I think about that, too, because I notice a lot of... Because uh, there's a lot of boomery shit around where I live. And mm-hmm. they come into the shop and stuff. A lot of people are very vocal about how weird they think gay things are and oh it's my God. it's very obvious the older I get that these people are just very afraid of whatever they're afraid of I don't know they're just afraid yeah. it's like that's the thing that like boomer all boomers and all conservatives 
and yeah. it's across all spectrums have in common is that they're just afraid of everything. Yeah, they they're like afraid that they're gonna be perceived as something. I don't know. Yeah, they're, I don't they're, fucking they're know. They're afraid of change. They're afraid of people who are different than them. They're afraid of being supplanted as like the ruling yeah. class, which is something we shouldn't even fucking have. That's the big one. That I think is the yeah. big one. That's the that's the one that they're most afraid of. It's fucked up, man. And it's like, you have like our generation who's like, well, we never were in charge of anything, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck we're, it, we're man. Go with the flow, generation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, sexuality is a spectrum, anyway. Like all the uh, titles are cool if you if you want them. If you don't want them, they're not cool though. Yeah, whatever you want. Just whatever you want. Just do whatever you want, baby. Exactly. Nothing matters. Fuck it. Uh, This isn't some gangster planet where you gotta be a gangster. (laughs) Where you have to be the one character archetype that exists. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that's enough M-Class for one day. Except the email, which we're gonna do later. And if you want to be part of that show, then you should shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at MClassPodcast. And definitely head over to Patreon.com slash MClassPodcast, where for as little as $1 a month, you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys, wallpapers out of all the art that I make for the show, more and more and more, MClass email a week early at higher tiers, new podcasts, Jeff and Josh shoot the shit, Jeff and Josh talk over movies. Jeff and Josh kiss passionately and discuss their sexuality. That's an ASMR video we're doing. <laughs> Just tons of cool shit. Head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. <laughs> I turned into Beetlejuice for a second. Head over to the class podcast where uh, you'll support us and keep the lights on for us. You really are what's keeping us going, and we yeah. we appreciate the hell out of that. Thank you, Hat Hole Home Games. Hat Hole Home Video. That's what I meant. He also Sorry. that's the cool thing about Hat Hole Home Video. He does a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he does game streams. He talks about old VHSs. He talks about action figures. He does a uh, like a Elvira style like midnight monster show. Yeah, where he shows a whole movie that's in the public domain and does like little intro and talk over and stuff for it it's as a cool. character. Zotto, Doctor Zotto, we got there. Fucking, I got it, everybody. I fucking did it. And on that <laughs> high note, we'll be back in two weeks with more M-Class goodness. So bye-bye. Bye.
I'm mentally ill.